All right, so um, I, I see uh, Carol and I chatted, and, and uh, I haven't, this is my first time to this congregation. I've been around the Every Nation world for a long time. Love you guys. Um, this is a great movement. In fact, I was a His People pastor for, well, Every Nation His People pastor for 15, 16 years. So um, I met my wife in Every Nation. And uh, we, we p- uh, planted and pioneered two churches. Many of my friends are still in every nation. So it's wonderful to be here. But this is my first time in this congregation. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit of my story of my pursuit of the Holy Spirit. You, you see, um, God wants us to have more than an academic relationship with Him. And, and, and you, you know, it's amazing how... Um, when you get born or when you get born again, God plants a seed in your heart, a seed of destiny, and there's something that comes alive in you, which is um, which is very normal and very natural. It is a hunger and thirst for God Himself. When you got born again, you may not have known it, but something came alive in you that is a hunger and a thirst for God. And there are times where, in your walk with God, you can't even articulate what you're pursuing. But you, 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 you know that deep in your heart you're pursu- uh, pursuing God. And I got born again at 18, went to varsity. And one of the seminal events at my varsity, in my varsity career, I went to a meeting where there was an international um, revivalist speaking, very famous man. And I saw for the first time the presence of God moving in power in, in a room. It wasn't just a sermon. It wasn't just uh, worship. And what, what I actually saw was this guy was preaching. And after he finished preaching, he began to pray for the Holy Spirit to fall. And I started seeing people behaving in the most crazy ways. Presence of God swept across the room and people started falling over and laughing and, and crying and shaking. And I had never seen that. My eyes were like this. But because of my hunger for God, I knew I wanted that. I said to myself, if that is God, I, w- uh, I want that. So when he did the uh, altar call, I was the first one up and uh, right up at the front. I ran up and I was the first one up. And I was on the end of the row and he came to me and he laid hands on me. And this is what happened. He put his hands on my head and he went, filled! And he pushed. And I fell over. And suddenly, nothing happened. (laughs) Has anyone ever had that experience? And I hit the floor and I was like, okay. But then the annoying thing is the person right next to me hit the floor and started laughing like, you know, they were at a Trevor Noah show or something. It, I mean, they lost it. And I, I lay there thinking, what, what went wrong? But I immediately came up with the answer. I thought, you know what? I was the first in the line. Maybe he wasn't loaded yet. He just kind of, <laughs> you know, he needed to get, get it out of his system. So I jumped up and I walked behind the line and I went and joined the end. Quite determined to tell the guy that if you look at me and say, hey, I prayed for you, I've got a twin. <laughs> and so he got to the end of the line and he laid hands on, uh, on my head and he went, failed. And over I went again. And this time, nothing happened. Um, and I lay there thinking, Jesus, you know, what, what's going on here? And I was, I was, I was really hungry. I wanted, I wanted this. And um, you may have noticed that shy and retiring are probably not two words that you use to describe me often. And so I got up and I thought, well, and I looked over and by now he'd gone through the line and there were clumpies of people around the room. 
And he would go into the middle of these clumpies and he would pray for people. And people were, I mean, literally people were flying over and laughing. And, and uh, I mean, just, I'd never seen anything like, in fact, I remember standing there watch, watching as he just went like this. And a whole section of the room fell over. And I thought, wow. And so anyway, I just went and I pushed myself into one of the clumpies and he prayed for me a third time. Prayed for me a third time, laid his hands uh, on my head, gave me the charismatic shove. I fell on the floor, and this time, nothing happened. <laughs> that day, he prayed for me six different times. Every time he turned around, I, 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 I was standing there, and he'd be like, and I was like, come on, pastor, I believe in you. Pray for me again, you know. You can do this, buddy, you know. But I was getting more and more desperate. And literally, for the rest of the meeting, I was chasing him around, and he prayed for me six times that night, and nothing happened. On his way out, he was walking out the meeting. I literally stood in the aisle, and I blocked him from going. I was like, Pastor, give it another go. <laughs> and he looked at me and said, Son, I'm finished. I'm done. I'm going. I, I, I need to go now. And with tears in my eyes, I said, Pastor, why won't God touch me? And he looked at me my eyes and he said you're not hungry enough and he stepped around me and he walked out it was like being gut punched I'll be really honest with you it was like being gut punched I don't believe he was right but God used that well I went into ministry about a year later um, God tricked me into ministry I went I, I didn't volunteer to plant churches in Grahamstown I thought I was going to go and show Bible school videos and the, his people Bible school videos we started showing the videos and a church grew popped up um, within about a year there was a church going I was 20 my wife I was 22 my wife was 20 we, we we didn't know anything about this I my previous ministry experience was I was the usher of his people Cape Town and so I panicked and I phoned Pastor Paul I said Pastor Paul <laughs> I'm really sorry we've started a church send us a pastor and he said, I'm sorry, Nigel, we don't have a pastor, but don't panic. I ordain you now in the name of Jesus. And that's how I ended up in the, uh, uh, in the ministry. I got ordained over the telephone. And so we were at that church until about 2000. And uh, we had two, two services, two weeks, where the presence of God dropped in our service when Bill Bennett visited. Um, but by and large, it was a time where in, in my spirit... There was a growing hunger, knowing that there was more. Does anyone, does anyone know what I'm talking about? You know that there's more available. In your spirit, you know. You, you know you are born for more. You know you were created to walk in greater intimacy with God. You know there's more than what you're experiencing. And, and that hunger uh, grew. And then I went and planted a second church in East London. And it went well. I'll be honest with you. We had a great church. We uh, our, our Grahamstown Church is still a leadership factory to this day. Our East London Church is an amazing church touching the nations of the earth. But by about 2006, to be really honest with you, I was depressed and bored. Because I knew I was building the very best kind of church that earth could offer. But I wanted more than what earth could offer. I wanted more. I wanted to experience God. I wanted the people to experience God. I wanted the people to see His miraculous power, to feel His presence, to know that He, uh, he existed. And then someone put a book in my hands. The book, there were two books that began to shape my life. One was The Supernatural Ways of Royalty 
by Chris Vallotton. And the other was The Supernatural Power of Transformed Mind. In these books, I encountered Christians, ordinary Christians, who were seeing signs, wonders, and miracles in supermarkets and schools and homes. People who, who were encountering the supernatural as an everyday part of life. And I must be honest with you, the books ruined my life. Because once I read the books, it was, it was one of those things you can't unlearn something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Once you know that it's available, you can't go back to ignorance. But now that you have been enlightened that it is available, you can't just continue where you are. You have to press in. One of my leaders put it like this. He said, I have to go on and, and get this. But if I can't have this, I can't continue to do ministry. That's how desperate our team became for more of the presence of God. And so one day I made the decision to go to a Bethel conference in the United States of America. I, uh, I googled uh, Bethel. I saw that there was a conference called the Supernatural Ways Royalty Conference. And I booked tickets from East London um, to um, Reading, uh, California. And I went. The only, it was only one problem. I, I didn't kind of read the flyer well enough. And I didn't notice that they were having their conference in a different city. So it took me 43 hours to arrive at Bethel, and I walked in literally from the airport. I, the, the taxi took me straight to the church, and I walked in with my suitcase, put it down in the coffee shop, and I said, where's the registration table for the conference? And the person looked at me and said, conference? Which conference? There's no conference here this week. And I looked at them, and I was about to melt down. I said, listen, you don't understand. I've traveled 43 hours. I am exhausted. I've come all the way from South Africa. And if there's no conference, you better make a conference. <laughs> I was very upset. <laughs> and this, this lovely person, the student, should, took me and ushered me into the office of Pastor Sherry Silk. And I'll never forget her words. She took me into Sherry Silk's office and said, Pastor Sherry, this dear man's from Africa. He thinks there's a conference here this weekend. And I saw her backing away out the door. Like, you deal with it. That's why you're on staff. Came to find out that the conference was three hours away in a town called Fortuna. And uh, so the next morning, I drove down to Fortuna and arrived at this conference. Having missed the first session, tired, weary, grumpy. I'll be honest with you, I was not in a good position to receive from God. And I went in and worship began. First thing that I noticed was during worship, the presence of God came in such a real and tangible way. Um, I, I, I know now that God had been setting me up for 15 years for an encounter that would change my life. But for me, actually, at the time, it was a little bit freaky because it felt like someone was just getting into my personal space. I would be worshiping, and I could feel the presence of God so close. It felt like Jesus' face was right in my face. And um, I, I, that just seemed too mystical to, to think about. So I thought, no, it must be some weird American. Every time I close my eyes, they're sticking there. And I kept on opening my eyes to, like, you know, to say, back off, buddy. I'm from Africa, you know. But... <laughs> kept on opening my eyes and there was no one there. But every session of that conference just began to speak to me. But there were some things that were going on in the conference that I'll be honest with you, I did not feel comfortable with. 
there was manifestations of the Holy Spirit happening. In particular, there was a lady on the front row, a large American lady, who for some reason was dressed all in black. And she sat on the front with, with her uh, um, husband, who looked quite strange. He had this long uh, beard. And the two of them sat on the front row, and, they, and she, every now and then, would go throw her arm in the air and shout, Ho! Ho! And I was so annoyed. I was like, stop it, lady, stop it. And I thought, obviously, this woman is just trying to draw attention to herself, you know, while the pastor's preaching, and it's so distracting. And as a good pastor, I was looking around like, come on, things need to be done uh, orderly, you know, decently and in order. And I'm looking around, where are the ushers? Where are the elders? Somebody needs to cast that demon out, or better yet, just cast that woman out, you know? Um, And it was really frustrating me. Anyway... At the end of the conference, they did something I'd never seen before. They did a fire tunnel. They explained it, and they said, we're going to do a fire tunnel. And uh, you guys know about fire tunnels. I don't need to explain a fire tunnel. So, okay, so, so basically what a fire tunnel is, it sounds weird, but it's just, it's just terminology. They get, it's, you know, in America, they do drive-throughs. They have drive-through everything. They have drive-through McDonald's. They have drive-through um, coffee. They have drive-through. Man, they've 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 got this drive-through prayer thing going, and and so they get all the prayer servants to line up in a in a row facing each other, and people line up, and then they walk through the fire tunnel, and it's a way to pray for the whole congregation quickly, and uh, people go through and they release the presence of the Holy Spirit over them. So they said, "We're going to do this fire tunnel, and uh, you know you're going to go through." Well, I was the first one up. See a trend here? I ran up, I was the first in the line, and I, and I began to walk through this fire tunnel. And something amazing started to happen. I began to feel this burning sensation on the, in the middle of my forehead. It felt like I had hot oil in the center of my forehead. And, um, and you know, I'll be honest with you, I've got one of those kind of, I was like, is this, is this, is this God? Is, is, is this really, is this Holy Spirit? Is, is God doing something? Is, what's going on here? Is, the, is this God? Is this maybe the devil? Or, or maybe it's just me. I'm thinking so hard. My brain is starting to burn. You know, and I was trying to work it out. And the, as I, the further I went, the more it burned. And then it moved down to the tip of my nose. So I came out of the fire tunnel. I wasn't laughing or shaking, but the tip of my nose was burning. And it was kind of weird to just be honest with you. I was like, what is this? So, I tapped the shoulder of the man in front of me who had been sitting next to me, and she was behind me. I said, hey, David, what do you, what do you think? The tip of my nose is burning. Um, what do you think is going on? And he's a very nice man. He's a friend of mine now, and uh, he's very helpful. And he says to me, you know, Nigel, I went to a conference once, and a similar thing happened. The tip of my finger started to burn. And I went around to people afterwards, and I said to them, listen, do you need healing? And wherever they needed healing, I just took the tip of my finger and I laid it on them and they'd get healed or people would just get whacked, etc. Can anyone see my problem? <laughs> I, I kind of looked at them and I went, seriously? You want me to begin the ministry of the laying on of noses? Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. I'm thinking, no, Jesus, where do you need healing? Oh, I have got awful hemorrhoids. Ah, sorry, Jesus doesn't heal that. I mean, come on, you know. So 
but I had this conversation. I just got back into the line to go for a second dose because I was so hungry. I really wanted a touch from God. And the conversation that I had with David took me back to the beginning of the, uh, of the fire tunnel again. And I stepped into that fire tunnel, and this time, as I stepped in, I felt that, that sensation. It felt like it popped on my forehead. And, and it, it, it popped, and I felt like a sensation like hot oil just running down my chest. It literally ran in a diagonal line just running down my chest. And the more I walked into the, uh, the tunnel, the more I could feel this. And, you know, the Lord showed me something about that for the very first time. That, that what the Lord had done, when I was focusing in on my nose burning, my forehead uh, burning, for the first time in a service where the Holy Spirit was being poured out, I was not focused on what was happening to other people. I was not focused on what was not happening to me. But instead, I was really leaning in to what God was doing with me. And for many of you, your breakthrough with God is to stop being disappointed at what is not happening, but learn to recognize what God is doing in you. The beginning of breakthrough is recognizing the beginning of breakthrough. <laughs> you know, so often we are we're singing, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is already coming. And when you are asking God for something he's already giving, you will not recognize when he's given it to you and you can lose it. And so that, that's what happened with me. God just, he, he just worked with my ignorance, if I can put it that way. And I stepped in and I went down the fire tunnel and I got to the end and Dan McCullum was standing at the end of the fire tunnel and a Bethel student and Dan stepped forward and he put two fingers in my shoulder and he said, get him, Lord. Well, God got me. I don't know what happened. He didn't push. There, there was no pushing. There was no shoving. He just put two fingers on my shoulder, and he said, get him, Lord. And the next thing, I was blasted to the floor, and I exploded with joy. Laughter burst out of me. I don't know where it had been waiting for 15 years or, or, or what. It just burst out of me. And as I hit the floor, I shouted, Lord, you owe me six doses. I had never forgotten that meeting. And God was so faithful. God was so faithful. I hit the floor. I was so drunk in the Holy Spirit. In fact, I stayed drunk in the Holy Spirit for two days. Laughing and crying. I was laughing with the joy of the Lord just bubbling out of me. And I would just weep. I was just weeping because I was so grateful that God in His kindness had met me at my place of yearning and longing. And so I was coughing for two days. But while I was on the floor there, something happened. I was lying there just enjoying the presence of the Lord. And suddenly, I was overshadowed by this dark shadow. And I looked up, and standing over me was the whole lady. I was horrified. I was horrified. I was like, no, Jesus, come on. Now that I'm having an encounter with God, she wants to come and join in in my encounter and draw attention to herself. She's, you know, and I'm, I'm judging this lady. And she stands over me, and I cannot defend myself. I am so incapacitated. I am laughing so hard. I can't even speak to this woman. And she stands over me, and then she did something shocking. She went like this, and she went, ho, at me. She didn't touch me. She just went, ho. I kid you not, I felt that ho hit me in my belly. 
it hit me in my belly and I sat up and to my horror, I sat up and I shouted, Ho! And in my head, I went, no, no. I mean, you know, I, I immediately rationalized it. I thought, listen, I obviously just got a fright. I mean, after all, it's shocking to have large American ladies stand over you and shout, ho, I, I got a fright. I immediately rationalized it and I went, no. So it, it was, ho, ho, no. And the moment I'd come up with that, she did it again. She goes, ho, ho, no, ho. And she just kept on going. And it was, ho, ho, no, ho, ho, no. And she did it about 12 times. And finally in my head, I went, okay, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for judging you. Leave me alone. And she drifted off. <laughs> Sometimes we cannot explain what God does. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes other people's encounters look uncomfortable. They, they make you uncomfortable. It does not mean to say it is not the Holy Spirit. You know, I had so many theories about Holy Spirit before I began to encounter Holy Spirit. Christians are so comfortable with, if Christians are by and large more comfortable with the theory of God than the presence of God. You know, it's amazing. When the presence of God comes, when God starts sweeping in a congregation, when God starts encountering people, He does things the way He wants to. The Bible says He does whatever He wills. And it's amazing how my theories of God began to shift. Anyway, I went back to my church and literally everything began to change. We would uh, come, uh, come into services and the presence of God would be there so thick and tangible. I would stand on the, uh, on the front row with my, my leadership team and we would look at each other and we could feel the presence of God. And I can remember we, we started, now this might sound blasphemous to some of you, we started playing with the presence of God. And you know that God is a father and he loves to play with his children. Did you know that? And you know, you learn by play. You really do. And we were standing there and was like, man, can you feel that? Yeah, I can feel that. He said, do you think we can take a step into that? Well, let's try. And, we, and you know, being boys, we were like, I bet I can get further than you. <laughs> and literally, we would take two steps forward sometimes and just collapse with the presence of God, with no one touching us. And you need to understand that that didn't happen beforehand. You see, I know what it's like to do ministry when it's just me. And I know what it's like to do ministry when, uh, when, you, when God is coming. And come. We started seeing signs and wonders and miracles. One of the first um, services, we, we started seeing stuff happening that we couldn't explain. We started seeing healings. One, one of the first services I remember uh, laying hands on a guy who had these growths on his ears. And he, had, he had pierced his ears as a teenager and his body... Um, had reacted badly and what happened was his body started producing scar tissue um, and it was like the, the ear just uh, kept on trying to heal and heal and heal and so he would end up with every couple of months with these great big balls of skin or scar tissue hanging from his ears it looked like he had these huge earrings on and it, obviously it was very uncomfortable and very um, unsightly and, uh, and embarrassing and he'd cut it he'd get it cut off surgically and it'll grow back. He'd get it cut off surgically. And, uh, and so he came up and he said to me, Pastor Nigel, will you pray for me? And I prayed for him. He hit the floor. He began shaking on the floor. It looked like his whole body looked like a jackhammer. He was like bouncing. like it was, it was so cool to watch. I was like, wow. I didn't even realize that was possible, you know. He was bouncing in ways that just were not humanly possible. 
and, and I thought, man, that thing's just going to fall off or disappear, etc. It didn't. He got up and he still had them. And I was like, man, so much power and that didn't fall off. That's weird. Well, anyway, someone came up in the congregation a couple of weeks later and said, hey, listen, I'm going to pay for you to go and get a cut off again. And he went and got a cut off again. And they never grew back. And they never grew back. I was one of the first healings. We, we began to literally see every kind of healing. We saw uh, uh, deaf ears open, blind, uh, blind eyes open. One of the funny uh, miracles was we had a lady in our church. Um, she was a very normal, very lovely um, Zimbabwean housewife. And um, the power of God dropped on her in one particular service. And she began to roll from side to side on the floor. Now, you've got to understand, we were a very oddly normal church but and when stuff like that happens people get uncomfortable because i was preaching at the time you know and she was literally rolling and uh, going yo 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 and you know i was i'll be honest with you i wish i could tell you i was like fine i was cool i was literally holding on to the pulpit white knuckling it and i was going jesus seriously Seriously, and like, is this God? Is this Jesus? And there was a family that were, they were not comfortable with the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And I was getting a lot of flack as it was. And they were sitting at the back row looking at me. You, you know how sometimes when you're at the front, trust me, people are looking at you and you know they're looking at you even though you're not looking at them. Do you know what I'm talking about, Carol? Where you just like, mm, you can just feel it. And they were on the edge of leaving the church. They were so grumpy. And I was going, oh, now this is going to push them over. I thought, no, I can't take this. And I went down. And I said, Benilda, please stop it. Just stop. Sorry, Pastor. Got up into the pulpit, greatly relieved. And as I did, Holy Spirit said to me, son, did I ask you to do that? I was like, oh, um, well, Jesus, you don't often come here. But strictly speaking, I'm kind of like, that's my job. That's, that's, that's what I do. I'm, you know, I, I kind of lead the service. I'm, I'm in charge. And the Lord said to me, son, I want you to go down and repent to her. Because I'm doing something in her life and you're trying to control it. And then I said, well, Jesus, now I know you don't often come here because that's not how it works here. <laughs> they repent to me. <laughs> anyway, he wasn't. A, so I went down to her and I said, Ben Hilda, um, if you feel it's necessary. <laughs> I'll be honest, I, I wanted to leave the door open, you know, kind of like, you know, that she would not feel it was really necessary. I'm sorry for trying to control you, but if you feel it's necessary, please continue. Okay, Pastor, thank you. And she carries on. Woo, 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 woo. That woman got up off that floor, amazingly changed. Three weeks later, she came into our, uh, into our church and said, Pastor, I have a testimony. And I, I'll never forget that. She said, Pastor, I was going through town on Wednesday. And a man went past me. And the Lord, he told me, that man, he is deaf. And so I turned around to pray for him. But he saw me coming and he ran. <laughs> but I was faster, Pastor. <laughs> and I caught him. And it turned out that this man had lost his hearing from diabetes. And he'd been completely deaf for eight years. And she prayed for him right there in the middle of town. And the power of God hit him. This isn't in church. Power of God hit him in town. He fell down on the pavement. And I love this part. He said, she said, he fell down on the pavement and he was shaking. And the Holy Spirit, he said to me, he is suffering from constipation. And so I said, loosed and he was healed. <laughs> you know, I've never had the courage to ask how she knows. But, you know, it's, it's powerful. It was nonetheless, you know. 
He got up, not only loosed, but, but hearing. In a one-year period, she saw 12 people who were either deaf or blind get completely healed. This was an ordinary housewife in our congregation. Signs and wonders began to occur. Our children began to move in signs, wonders, and miracles. My little, my, I've got a daughter called Mystery. She was born at about that time. And um, she was born, surprisingly enough, with Down syndrome. She sometimes we don't understand. It was, one of the, it was one of the most difficult moments of my life when in a season of miracles, in a season of healing, suddenly I hold in my arms my child who needs healing. Anyway, that's another, that's another story. God's really spoken to us. But the Lord gave us a word that she would, be, she would move in powerful healing. We saw her first amazing healing at 18 uh, months. At 18 months, she... Um, she, we took her to healing rooms for her prayer. And uh, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version. All of a sudden, she toddled up to a lady we did not know, an older lady who was sitting in the chair waiting, waiting for prayer for healing. And she put her arms up to be, uh, to be picked up by this lady. That was really unusual for her because she didn't normally go to strangers. And, and uh, my wife and my daughter were there, would watch this. And this lady picked her up. And the moment she got onto this lady's lap, she wrapped her little arms around this lady and began to kiss her and kiss her and kiss her and kiss her. Now, now that sounds lovely, but for those of you who have ever been kissed by an 18-month-old child, um, yeah, it's, it's like an experience of being baptized. <laughs> I'm going to put this. It's a, uh, or, or, you know, imagine you got mugged by a slug. That's kind of what was happening to this lady. And this, my little girl was just kissing her and hugging her and kissing her and kissing her. And after about 10, 15 minutes of this, she got off her lap and walked off. And we were like, wow, okay, that's, that's really surprising. But about a week later, about a week to two weeks later, we began hearing rumblings in the church grapevine that God had done an incredible miracle for this woman who we didn't know. So my wife got her number and phoned her, come to find out that she'd come to church the Sunday beforehand and um, on the Saturday beforehand, she had prayed something to the Lord. She'd been suffering from chronic depression for more than five years. She'd tried everything. She'd been to doctors. She'd been to psychologists. She'd taken medication. She'd been to counselors, Christian and non-Christian counselors. And nothing had helped her. And on the Saturday beforehand, she said, God, I can't live like this. If you do not heal me, I'm going to take my life. I'm going to go to church tomorrow and give you one last chance. She went to church that day, and the moment worship started, the overwhelming pressure in her soul, it was too much, and she ran out. But one of our members chased her down and told her about healing rooms. And so she ended up at healing rooms on the Wednesday. While she was sitting there, she said, then I was sitting there, and suddenly this child came to me and asked to be picked up. And that really surprised me, because children don't like me, by and large. My own grandchildren never want to come to me. And um, so she, she, she was quite surprised. She picked a mystery up onto her lap. And she said, when mystery kissed me, it was like something snapped inside of me. I literally felt something tangibly snap inside of me. And I felt the love of God pouring into me like a current, like a liquid current began to, uh, to flow into me. And then mystery would kiss me. And then she would put her arms around me and hug me and squeeze me. But Debbie, you couldn't see it. She would lean back and look in my eyes between each hug and each kiss. And when she looked in my eyes, I knew 
that Jesus was telling me that he loved me. And then after uh, 15 min- or 10 minutes of that, she climbed off her lap and toddled off. And then she heard a name called to go for prayer. And she said, I stood up. And I realized that the depression was gone. And I was completely healed of a number of physical things that had happened. God is able to move in and through our lives, through the littlest of us. You know, this may shock you, but Mystery's theology at 18 months was not great. You know, she, you know, we had tried to take her through four years of Bible school, and, you know, she was quite resistant. And yet, God was able to do extraordinary miracles. Since, since that time, it's been amazing. God has taken me and my wife, my family, our leaders from the church. He's literally taken us across the world where in, in surprising places we've seen the power and the presence of God manifest. And, and uh, this is, I, I know I've got a bit, of a, a bit of a time pressure, but this is what I believe God has for you. God does not want you to have an academic relationship with Him. God is your Father. God is your Father. He wants you to sit on His lap. He wants you to know His love. He wants you to know His tangible love and power. Our relationship with God is not meant to be um, only cerebral. It, it, our, our mind is so important. It's so good, uh, good. We need to think the right thoughts. But do you know that God wants to encounter your life? Do you know that God wants you to feel His power and His presence? There, there, there are times when I will wake up now, even actually, even this morning when I woke up, I was just lying in my bed, and um, immediately I could feel God's love come. In his presence, my body began to tremble like electricity going through it. As, and and you, you know what? I've stopped asking, what's this for, Lord? <laughs> Originally, I was like, okay, God, I'm feeling like this. Is there someone I've got to go and pray for, for healing or something? You know, sometimes he just wants to cut. Often, every morning, that's how our house starts. Every morning, my little mystery, who's now seven, she comes through. She climbs into our bed, and she wraps her arms around her, her mom. I love to watch this. She, ra- she wraps her arm around her mom, and she goes, Ooh, beautiful, mommy. Ooh, beautiful. Ooh, so lovely, mommy. Ooh, so and mommy says, Are you beautiful, mystery? Love you, mommy. Love you, mommy. And it's every morning. It's her little, uh, her little uh, ritual. And then, you know, uh, I, after a certain while, she goes, Ooh, beautiful too, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> And we, uh, we cuddle. She's such a loving child. But do you know that it's the delight of my day to do that with my kids? You're his child. You need to understand this. He loves to rest on you. He, he, he loves his presence to go with you all through the day. He, he loves to take coffee breaks with you. He loves to be with you. And when you travel with him, it's surprising what will happen. It's surprising what will happen. I was... I was in um, Istanbul, Turkey a couple of years ago, and uh, we saw gold dust manifest in a, in a coffee shop where the waitress got covered in gold dust, Muslim uh, a waitress. And you know why that happened? It's because we were there. It's because we were there. Because where I go, he goes. <laughs> but you know, the Bible says that, the Bible says that in the last 
days, the earth shall be covered with the knowledge, the glory. Sorry, the Bible makes me drunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> it really does. It's, it's a difficult thing to explain, but the Bible, when I'm preaching, the Bible makes me drunk. So, I'll try, try that again. I'd forgotten. I'd, I kind of tripped. I was doing so well. Okay. The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory. <laughs> okay, sorry. The earth shall be filled with the, <laughs> with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woo! Now, how do you think that's going to happen? You see, the waters of the sea in the scripture are a picture of the people of God. It's as each of us carries the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as each of us carry His presence, the whole church carrying all of Him into all of life will literally cover communities, cities, and nations with the power and the presence of God. The carrying the glory, carrying the presence is not something that's just for a few select individuals. Quite the opposite. In Acts chapter 2, and I'm ending with this. In Acts chapter 2. <laughs> okay, we're going to end with the scripture. That was a good idea. Okay. Turn with me in your Bibles because I'm going to read it. Acts chapter 2. Verse. Yes. Verse. <laughs> That's right. Verse 17. This is God's promise to us. In the last days, God says, I will pour out. <laughs> I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. This, this is God's dream. This is God's desire. This is what God's going to do. Notice the universality of this. He's going to pour out his spirit on all people. Men and women, young and old, from every tongue, tribe, and nation from every social um, position, etc. He's going to pour out His Spirit. This is your inheritance in the kingdom. It's not difficult. Jesus has died for it. Jesus died for you to have a full inheritance and then to live an encounter with God. Jesus loves you so much. He died for you to know this. He died for you to live a lifestyle of encounter. Amen? Won't you stand? I want to pray for you. Would you lift your hands? Holy Spirit, would you have a ministry team? 
but we've got five minutes. Okay. All right, ministry team, I, this is what I want you to do. Ministry team, I want you to come to the front with me and face the congregation, please. Holy Spirit, would you just come? Just I want you to lift your hands, everyone, and open your heart to Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit, would you come now and just begin to love your people? I release the presence of God. I release angels now to minister to the people of God. Father, I thank you for an infilling, a fresh infilling for every person here. Our ministry team, this is what I want you to do. Actually, I'm just going to pray for each of you first. Okay, now ministry team, what I want you to do is I want you to go around quickly. I want you to see who Holy Spirit's uh, drawing you to. I want you just to go lay hands on people for a fresh impartation of the presence of God. More Lord, more Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Hey, thank you, Lord God. More, 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 more. Yes. More Lord, more Lord. Wow. You are such a delight to the Lord. You are such a delight to the Lord. <laughs> more Lord, more Lord, more Lord. Fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire. You are amazing. Yesterday when we went around praying for people, one of the, one of the leaders called Goodrin, Goodrin had gold dust manifest on her. Now that was just so much fun. <sighs> More, Lord. <laughs> You're called to be a lightning rod of the power and the presence of God. <sighs> yes. More, 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 more. <laughs> filled, filled, filled. Yes, Belinda. Yes, yes, yes. The Lord's word to you is yes, 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 yes. Belinda, would you just, uh, if you can, stand again? So the Lord, just as, I, as I'm releasing the anointing over you, you'll notice I'm not uh, laying hands on you. The reason is, is the Lord is releasing the power of sound. In you, to you, and through you. Belinda, you are going to uh, shake, just in the way you, you're going to shake cities, you're going to shake nations through the power of sound, vibrations, 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 the power of God, the power of God, the power of God. Belinda, every barrier, every constriction is being broken now in Jesus' name. Loose, 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 loose. You are a fire carrier. You are a fire releaser. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I break every limiting voice in Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The fire of God. The fire of God. The fire of God. Birthing new things. Yeah, I just see... <laughs> Do not panic. This is not literal. But I see you birthing, 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 birthing. I see many, uh, many leaders being birthed out of you. Many uh, sounds being uh, birthed out of you. Different, uh, different leaders, different, um, different ministries. There's just birthing, birthing, birthing. In fact, uh, there's going to be such a birthing anointing on you in this next season. You're going to need to choose carefully. Because literally, you're gonna, you, if you decide to birth it, you're going to birth it. So choose what you birth. Choose wisely. More, Lord. More, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for this beautiful family. Double portion. Lord, I'm so grateful for the history that we have, Lord. I just thank you. Double portion. More, more, more. Yes. Oh, the love of Jesus. Just put your, put your arms, open your arms like that. No, I want to, like, like a wine glass. I want you to think of yourself as a big wine glass, really big wine glass. Filled with his love. Filled with his love. Filled with his love. You are going to be a woman who knows and experiences the love of God. You can pour out the love of God. You're going to be gifted in love. You love well. You love well. You love well. Fire! You're a fire carrier. <laughs> Let me help. <laughs> Put your head back and drink this. Drink, gloop, 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 gloop. <laughs> Let me just say, Holy Spirit manifests on us all differently. You know, <laughs> every manifestation of the Holy Spirit is good and one, uh, wonderful. But you don't have to have the same thing as ev uh, everyone else. You know, uh, God knows what we need and He knows when we need it. <sighs> oh, wow. Would you step out here? You are so beautiful. You are so lovely. I hear the Lord saying that the enemy has tormented you in your, in your childhood. He would come and try and make you afraid. Fear has tormented you, and you've overcome it. You are an overcomer of fear. And now, what you carry is this beautiful garment of peace. You carry a beautiful garment of peace. People get alongside you. And they can feel the peace that's coming off of your life. There's going to be an anointing on you to bring people into security and safety. There's going to be an anointing on you to bring people into peace. Peace is a gospel gift. <sighs> deep, deep peace. 
the ability to break fear of people by introducing them to his perfect love. <sighs> okay, Carol, I think I better... Where's Carol gone? Must I land the plane? <laughs> Carol, you land the plane. Father, we are so grateful for what you're doing. God, how many of you felt God touch you in some way? Just raise your hand. Can you Just wave it high. Lord God, we receive that. We receive those changed lives, Lord God. We receive that joy. We receive that sense of your presence, Lord God. And we, we ask that it would never end, Lord. We ask that it would just go from strength to strength. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask if you received something, if you just turn to the person next to you and just pray that what you received, they would get. Just lay your hands on their shoulders and just say, God, everything that you've given me, I ask that not only would it be for me, but it would be for my neighbors. Right now, I feel like God is releasing faithful miracles in your heart. So I just, I just while you're standing there, some people are going to come to mind. And I'm going to ask you during the week that you either call them, message them, invite them for coffee, and just ask if you can pray for them. Because I feel like right now God is depositing some, some miracles in your heart, not just for you, but for people around you. So Father, we just receive that right now, that deposit of miracles. So God, we just confess that we are a miracle-working people because everything necessary was done on the cross. Everything necessary was done on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ha, ha.